And welcome back to The Big Wake Up Call. I'm Ryan Gatenby, and time for my next guest, who has one of the best opening lines in a bio that I've read in a long time. Grace Harry is an artist, entrepreneur, creative muse, pleasure instigator, and speaker. Had a 30-year career as a music industry executive at Island Def Jam, MCA, and Jive Records, and is going to talk about her new book, The Joy Strategist, Your Path to Interchange. Grace Harry, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. How are you? How are things going where you are? I am so blessed and happy. Um, you know, the world is complicated, so it makes it hard for me to just be stretched out in my full expansion of joy. Yeah. But it just reminds of how much more we need it. Um, and so today I'm just grateful to be talking to people like you, for people to be interested even in joy um, and understanding how essential it was. When I started this work six years ago, pre-pandemic, People literally laughed at me. So, and that's cool too. But so I love that people are really understanding the severity of not having it right now. How outer systemic change will only happen after inner systemic change. I'm surprised to hear that people would, would, would laugh at you because this seems to be something that a lot of us are, are, are working toward or trying to find within ourselves. Now, but pre-pandemic, we were all working very hard to be successful. We were successing, and we were climbing, True. and we were strategizing, and we were, you know, and not that that's not important, but just like any foundation needs to be solid and strong before you build something big on it. I can say for my own life, I built a giant ass building, excuse me, my French, um, but I did not create the foundation of joy and pleasure and making myself the star of my own story to hold that big of a vision up. Well, I think we get so focused and people put the pressure on us. We definitely put it on ourselves that, oh, by by a certain time, I need to be here. I have to meet this goal. I have to be this goal. There's so many, you're supposed to have done this, that it, it's hard to sometimes accept yourself that you're traveling at your own pace. Like, it took me a while to realize, Ryan, you're a late bloomer. You didn't get a morning radio show until your 40s, but uh, you're doing great. Exactly. Well, that's advanced math, Ryan. I mean, the fact that you even have an inner dialogue with yourself is very, it, it means that you've been doing the work. And what I've been really wanting people to understand, we live in a world where we're taught things so fast and so quickly about how we're supposed to operate. And yet, none of that is really in service to our own hearts and our own joy. And there's even some cultures and some religions that by leaning into your own self, you're a bad person. You're selfish. So giving yourself the permission, that entitlement to lean into, you know, pushing yourself further in a, in a, in a life that kind of leads you to, to settle, if that makes any sense. And, um, yeah, I think that that concept is why we're here and what this book is about. It took me a long time to realize I have a right to feel good. I have a right to feel happy. And that doesn't make me not a great daughter or not a great mother or not a great partner or spouse. It makes me actually an exceptional one. Like on the airplane, when you got to put your own mask on first to get oxygen. Um, so, yeah, proud of you. Well, thank you. Um, and uh, a couple of concepts from the book. I thought, you know, something you think about, and I think you know deep inside, but until someone says it for you, that kind of starts things rattling around. And I loved cultivating your starting five, putting your five mm. together. And it's such yeah. a fun analogy and i'm thinking wait a minute am i michael am i scotty who am i looking for to put around me am i a role player but yeah i found the importance of of having a team and as something i've learned as i've gotten older is like 
it's not weakness to reach out and ask for help. Mm. Can you please let everybody know? And you know, that's, that's it to me. I was, um, in my lifetime, I was successing and I had all these things in the past that made me believe I was this person versus that person. Yeah. And I didn't believe I had the right to even feel that way. You know, I didn't even feel like I had the right, like somehow having all the gifts in my life made me a bad person for wanting more. And honestly, I can't even tell you the change in me has created the change for everyone in my life. You know, I'm honest with my heart. I'm honest about how I feel. I'm no longer gaslighting, which I call anytime you're talking inside your head, but you're in front of a person, but the conversations are not coming out. That's an indication right there that you're not living in your joy, that you don't feel safe enough with this human. So I had lots of those people in my life and it wasn't even their fault. I had created that dynamic to be a good person and to stay wanted. Yeah. And then I have a loop that was feeling bad. All of a sudden, I don't want to bother anyone. I don't want to be a problem. So creating my study five was a, a, a surefire way for me to lean in when I needed it. You know, okay, I already have a call set up every week. I already have permission to lean into this person to, to support and guide me so I'm not a burden. And I have to ask for help. I have to say, Ryan, I need your help. So I'm going to, can we set up a monthly call every Sunday at four and we talk for 20 minutes and, and whatever you need to do so that you don't take that away from yourself, but give yourself permission to lean into your advisory board. Was Different there, than friends. Have, sure. Was there a particular event that led you on this path? Was it something you were rediscovering gradually? Like, was there a moment when you said, I, I'm not sure where I am and I need to find room for joy in my life? Uh, yes. I was married to my last husband, my third husband. And I was managing his career and on the road and doing all these amazing things. Um, and I just didn't feel good. And, you know, um, we're trained to just make it someone else's problem. So first I wanted to penalize him and I want to penalize my parents. I wanted to penalize everyone in my life until I realized that's my job. It's to be the chief energy officer of my own life, to make that my number one goal, to not wake up and have the day run me, but to give myself even a minute of joy and confirmation of my needs before I was on the, out the door, on the road, or supporting or building anyone else's up. Um, so that's really where it started for me is, why do I feel like this? Who's, who, how did I get here? Whose responsibility is this? And what's the first step? And the first step, as we talked about a minute ago, was just believing I could, believing I deserved it, and leaning into those practices. I think, uh, and you've worked with uh, artists, musicians, I think creative people in general just always held back, some, despite any level of success or acclaim, there's always something holding you back that no matter what you create, oh, I don't know about this. There's doubt, there's insecurity in a creative space. And just being able to break through the I'm not good enough, I mean, that that's a challenge in and of itself, even when you know you produce. In the back of your mind, you know you're producing something well, but you can't let yourself agree to that. Yeah, that permission. And, and that really, you know, I, I, I'd love to tell this little story because I feel like it really helps. You know, you are being, it's, uh, you're five days old, Ryan. You're being nursed by your mom or given a bottle. And it is the best five days. I mean, you're having a great life. You're, all these endorphins and, and hormones are flying. You're happy. You're being fed. You two are in love. And then on the seventh day, your mom gets a phone call. It's bad news. And so all of a sudden, your mom takes her eyes from you. Hmm. In your six to seven-year-old life, this is the worst thing that's ever happened to you. 
if other animals come out and they have things they have to do, but they already can walk and do things, we as humans, we have a lot of boot camping those first few weeks before we're on our mission on Earth school. We've got to walk. We've got to make sure we know where our family is, we're secure, we're going to get fed. So now it's the ninth day, and I'm on the phone with your mom, and she says, oh, it's so cute. Ryan, when he nurses, he does this little thing where he squeezes my elbow. But what she's really telling me is Ryan has learned performative love. You have learned a way to keep the love flowing. So now you're already on this train of, okay, it's not just about my needs. Let me make sure that they're good so I keep getting what I need to keep moving. So we have to look at that and realize that the only jo- the job of a parent is so important, but only amateurs can apply first. And what that means for me is that they don't have the answers either. We're supposed to learn this together. We're supposed to rebirth together. We're right. supposed to figure this out. If this started running this planet, anything that went wrong, we'd get a six-year-old and say, can you solve this dispute Ryan and I have? And they might, their answer might be a pillow fight or who knows. But this, there's not so much baggage and old stuff and expectations and things in their heart communication, in their communications together. And that's what we have to get to. That's what we got to get back to. And then, Grace, before we let you go, I just had to mention, you have a section in here on uh, cultural the cultural reference game, and you brought up Electric Company. And I tell so many people about it, and I, there are so many that know Sesame Street. People growing up, in the in, even in the 70s, weren't aware of Electric Company, and that was such uh, a, a developmental plus for me, was watching that show. Oh, my gosh. I'm getting chills. I mean, it changed my life. And I think the reason, I mean, the problem in this country specifically is that the things that get funded are not always the things that really feed our souls and our brains. Yeah. They don't get the big money. So this industry worked for a certain demographic, but it was hard to kind of get teenagers, which I think Electric Company was first preteens designed for. But I just remember the episodes or the moments where you see a mouth and you see another mouth, and then together yes. that mouth formed a word. Yes. Right. And that's fascinating for me because... I remember, you know, it's, it's, we all have these moments that really implant what we carry with us in our little backpacks here. And I remember putting them in my backpack early, like, oh, the origin of words or how we fit them together or what they mean in certain contexts. Um, and that really, that started me on my journey. Another one was Mad Magazine having this article like the, the schoolyard bully and then the office CEO in that we see these roles and these concepts based on who you are and what your ambitions are. But what really is our truth? And that's what Electric Company did for me. And I love that you brought up the cultural rep game. To me, that's, everyone should play that game. Because it's an easy way to see what you've inherited and what you're walking around carrying. What you believe about yourself, who you're modeling after. Playing that game really gives you a lot of places and room to know where you have to break up with certain parts of yourself. Or fact-check beliefs that you've been carrying around that are not necessarily for you. The new book is called The Joy Strategist, Your Path to Inner Change. It is now available where books are sold. The author is my guest, Grace Harry. Grace, this was so much fun. We would totally have been best friends as kids with Electric Company and Mad Magazine. And uh, thanks for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. Have a fun day.